This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Welcome to another edition of Backstage Chicago. I'm Lisa Fielding. And in this episode, we take you inside one of Chicago's iconic and historic youth organizations. For more than a half century, the Chicago Children's Choir has been performing all over the world and changing the lives of young singers. Singers, you're gonna go all the way up to the rise. And remember, they're moving the piano. So Ryan and all of you, go back up there. You gotta go back around, go around. It's about a half an hour from showtime at the Chicago Cultural Center, and Josephine Lee and Judy Hansen get a little last-minute rehearsal time in before the winter concert and the annual promotee ceremony that celebrates the newest members of Uniting Voices of Chicago. The formerly named Chicago Children's Choir has been around for 66 years. The founder was a Unitarian minister, Reverend Christopher Moore, and he brought children together at that time. It was called the Children's Choir of the First Unitarian Church. I was just talking with several Unitarian uh, members uh, several weeks ago, and he wanted to bring in young people from the city outside of the Unitarian Church, so they changed their name to Chicago Children's Choir. And he, it was, you know, during the height of the Civil Rights Movement, and it was really, that was the mission, to bring children of diverse backgrounds together to create a better world. What started out as one choir is now a network of over 100 And we have partnerships with over 80 Chicago schools, Chicago Public, and a few private schools. And we have 12 after-school sites. uh, And we have three levels in several of them, um, uh, Allegro, Vivace, and Presto. And then we have two citywide ensembles that meet here at the Chicago Cultural Center, one for Changing Voices Dimension, and then um, our all-stars, Voice of Chicago, that travel nationally and internationally. President Josephine Lee is a musician in her own right. I started piano and violin uh, and singing uh, starting at the age of three, uh, and then traveled around the world to perform, competed, and started my own chorus at the age of 14. Uh, So I've been directing for quite some time and uh, went to university here in Chicago, my undergrad and uh, master's, DePaul Northwestern University, and then I heard about the Chicago Children's Choir uh, from a former professor of mine. Her name is Dr. Suzanne Baker. Uh, who's the head of the DePaul Community Music Division, and she's actually the one that started our first neighborhood choir at DePaul University, and introduced me to this extraordinary organization in the late 1990s. 
students, mostly from Chicago public schools, ages 6 to 18, audition to be part of the citywide choir. Because we have these partnerships with the Chicago Public Schools, we have awareness, of course, in the communities. For the top ensemble, we do audition them, but it's any child that has a desire to sing. People know about Chicago Children's Choir. It's been around, it's been a pillar of our uh, city, uh, but we are still in the process of finding even more uh, young people who are interested in learning about the world and uh, learning how to become global ambassadors and future leaders. What do you look for when you meet these kids and what you see in them, uh, what you hope to see in them, that kind of thing, when they come to you for the first time and say, I love music, I love to sing, how can I be involved? Just a desire to, to express themselves, to work hard, um, People who want to, you know, apply some discipline in their lives, right? Which is because it does take a lot of rigor. You know, when when a chord is out of tune, you know when it's out of tune. It takes work to be able to understand, you know, the language and be able to use your body as your instrument um, and to show up. Half the time, it's about showing up. It's a team sport, uh, and uh, we need every single one, every person, to be in that room in order to create that beauty and that excellence and that harmony. Another thing people will notice when they come to see you guys is the amazing diversity. Correct. Yes. And what a great city we live in. Uh, and not only diversity of race, but of religion and socioeconomic backgrounds. And, you know, we all come together on common ground. And through our shared collective experiences, we elevate each other. And there's something so beautiful about that sonorous air, that sound when people come from, you know, bring their own personal experience uh, to that rehearsal room. I love to sing, I love to sing, I love to sing. 16-year-old Ella Anello is an alto from Addison. She joined the choir when she was 13 years old. I did always sing as a kid, literally since I could talk. <laughs> um, my mom was a singer, so it was just kind of like I was born into it, but I loved it and I, there was never a moment in my life where I wasn't singing. What was your musical influences? Do you remember the first kind of music that you enjoyed in the house? Yes, princess Disney music <laughs> and um, just any influence my mom would find me. She put me on the best music as a kid. <laughs> what kind of things do you like to sing yourself? Um, I like to sing a lot of alternative music and R&B um, and in the choral setting I would say mm, jazz. Mm. For sure. So how'd you get started singing in school? And then how evolved to this? Musical theater when I was younger. Um, I took a break from musical theater and I did a choir in Elmhurst called Spirito Singers for young girls. Um, from there, um, before high school, I did a cute acapella at Buffalo Grove with um, their choral director, Deborah Utley. And then starting in high school, I did POC. Her mother, Donna, says music is in their DNA, so it's no surprise to her that Ella has chosen this path, performing. I mean, I knew really from a very young age that she definitely had a gift, so I just tried to nurture that in every way possible, and that always meant going outside of maybe where we lived to make that happen, and that's been going on since she was three years old with musical theater and different classes and voice lessons and just kind of went on and on, and so through some connections that I had made in college, you know, she participated in a show choir camp over the summer, and she was the only junior high schooler to make the talent show, and I mean, she really 
really did well. And I was sitting in the audience and my phone went off and it was, you know, one of the, Mark Myers, one of the um, past directors here at um, VOC. And he said, we need to talk. Mm. <laughs> so we did. And it was, it was incredible. I mean, she went ahead and auditioned, which was really challenging and different for that first year because of, you know, COVID restrictions mm -hmm. and all that. And she was, like she said, really nervous with the auditions, but she just did so well. And it just, for me as a parent and just coming from a musical past, this is literally the dream team. You go back, right? You go up, you go back whoever this is. Is this Andrea? Yep. Yeah, cool. And then, no, this should be Ren. This is Ren. Then Andrea. Lee says between all the different ensembles, they spend some 100 hours of rehearsal time a week. But she says it's the collaborations that make Uniting Voices so unique. Since my tenure, uh, really deepened the partnerships with major cultural institutions here in Chicago. Uh, so had the pleasure of working with Donald Palumbo at the Lyric Opera Chicago, and he's currently at the Metropolitan Opera, um, chorus master. And that was the era when, you know, Bruno Bartoletti was music director, Sir Andrew Davis was uh, uh, appointed, newly music director, and so we ended up becoming the children's chorus for the Lyric Opera Chicago. Uh, and then Chicago Symphony Orchestra, Dwayne Wolf was there at that time. Uh, and we were able to deepen our partnerships there. And of course, Wells Kaufman, who was the CEO at Ravinia, saw us perform here and he's like, you need to come up to Highland Park, have you perform with Ladysmith Black Mambazo. Uh, I said, well, I'd love to do that. And Bobby McFerrin and who else? Denise Graves, uh, Kathleen Battle. And what else do we do? We worked with Christoph Eschenbach on the Mahler Eighth Symphony. Uh, James Conlin, Marin Alsop, Mass. We filmed it for a PBS broadcast. We did Porgy and Bess, Al Green, Wyclef Jean. I mean, the list goes on. And what a rich cultural, you know, city, you know, with all of these great resources, artists, um, and meeting just the most wonderful, brilliant leaders in our community. You know, a board member and dear friend Joe Shanahan of Metro. Chicago uh, introduced me, this was early 2000s maybe, to a young artist named Chance the Rapper at a James Blake concert. Uh, and so we were able to collaborate on the coloring book. And at that time he was working with alumni, you know, singers that have been a part of it with me at, uh, is from 1999 on. Uh, Seema Cunningham was singing with him at the time. And so this ecosystem you know, that is Chicago cultural, like, incubator. I call it an incubator of talent. Um, it's just, it, there's, it's unlike any other, I don't know, city probably in our nation. And speaking of alumni, there are thousands of them, along with thousands of success stories. 100% graduation rate, um, served over 50,000, right? alumni uh, throughout the 60 plus years, uh, singers who uh, are Pulitzer Prize, you know, finalist Ted Earn, you know, preeminent composer, um, Dana Scruggs, who is the first African female or male to shoot the uh, cover of Rolling Stone magazine, uh, Grammy-nominated musicians, uh, lawyer, attorneys, doctors, I mean, politicians, you know, Fritz Kege is also uh, our Cook County assessor. 
um, just to name a few. I mean, I mean, they are they are the leaders, you know, of our world and uh, and of our nation. I'm so proud of them. Uh, we have singers who uh, alumni, you know, Michael Priestley, who just received his doctorate. He's in Lexington, Kentucky, and. So Super excited to bring this organization to his city. Um, the impact that this organization has made on other organizations, inspired models throughout not only our country but across the globe. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a beautiful, uh, it's a ripple effect, the butterfly effect of positivity, of hope, uh, of what's possible when we all take a step back and recognize that it's not about self, but it's about community. One alumni in particular is now a collaborator and composes a lot of the UVC's original work. Look into the future, let me see what it holds. Go in the direction of the journey unknown. One in particular, Mitchell Owens, who's our composer in residence, and he wrote our uh, anthem, United. Um, he uh, you know, came to me as an eight-year-old. He started at our Beverly program on the South Side, uh, performed on the Lyric Opera stage, you know, went, uh, traveled with me all over the world. At age 10, he was performing at the Musikverein in Vienna. And th through this experience, he was able to meet s singers from all over our city. Uh, and uh, he even says it to this day, like classical music to him is so profound because of his experience on that stage. So when they had to perform, you know, we went on tour to Carnegie Hall uh, with Ricardo Muti. We did Carmina Burana and, you know, for the opening and we did uh, Othello. And so when, and that's all, kids come from all walks of life. That's a partnership that I've had for over 20 years. Wow. I mean, when I met him, he was eight years old. Wow. Uh, and comes from a wonderful family. Uh, but he uh, writes all of our anthems, you know, from Believe in Love to United, our most recent anthem. He wrote an entire musical called The Rainbow Beach Project. Mm -hmm. uh, we collaborated with Jane Nicole Brooks, librettist, and David Kirsner. It's about a desegregation of a Southside beach. Uh, and he is just a light, a delight. Uh, and we've been collaborating for many, many years, and we collaborated on uh, my piece, Ascension, uh, mm -hmm. recently. And, you know, that's, that, those are the skills that you learn. How, you, you learn teamwork, which I think is so important. And that's how, and you learn how to lead others. Uh, and I think that's, even though you, you won't, you know, if you end up becoming a musician, great, even if you don't. Um, it's about learning how to bring people together. Uh, on common ground. UVC is a nonprofit organization. Most of the singers participate free of charge. And there's also a sliding scale of tuition for some. Yes, we are a nonprofit. I think people uh, forget that. Uh, and uh, that over 80% of our singers uh, participate free of charge. Um, so fundraising is a key component to helping our operations run. Um, we had our gala, Red Jacket Optional, but we're always looking for annual uh, fundraising activities. In a time when many school districts trim their arts and music budgets, Lee says the organization is able to fill that void for many. It's a shame, isn't it? Uh, I think music is a basic human right. Uh, and I think de dealing with, and look at what's happened you know, throughout the pandemic, the connectivity, the kids not having that social connection with others. Uh, there is something that is powerful when you're able to sing and breathe and you know have movement and be able to express your innermost fears and joy like having that process of being able to 
release. Um, and, I, and I think that is at the core of why music exists. You know, and, and when people are feeling sad, they turn on the radio and you're able to go back in time. Uh, there is something so meditative about music as well. Uh, and it allows you to process your emotions. It, and, and I often see it with kids who come in from their hectic days or travel and commute. And, you know, we take a moment to really take a breath, stretch, go into our you know, happy place. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we meditate and close our eyes and, you know, express gratitude mm -hmm. for being there. We are human beings, living human beings, and we have to fuel our souls as well with that love for self. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of kids have family things at home too that they try to get away from, right? Of course. The stress of life. Absolutely. And like, you know, grades, divorce, you know, this is, this is a reality for so many. And when people talk about mental illness and, you know, yeah. And, and, and this is a great way to process those emotions. And so the fact that, yes, to your point, why, why, why is it that it's not on the same level as sports? And, you know, and there's, I just think you're less likely to be more angry and violent with someone that you've made music with and, you know, celebrating your God and my God and your, you know, your background and culture. And, you know, there's so much respect and honor that comes from this medium. Historically, we've seen arts education be stripped of funding, classes minimized or even eliminated especially in public school settings. In 1977, the Arts Education and Americans panel reported that there were serious deficits in arts education in the U.S. According to next year's Chicago Public Schools budget, $240 million will go towards hiring more teachers, training for teachers, and creating more classrooms for students. But the good news is that money will also go towards expanding arts programs, early childhood development, and dual language education. Increasing the accessibility to the arts, especially for elementary students, creates a higher impact on academic achievements and social development. The budget also adds more than 100 positions to teach a variety of courses like visual arts, theater, music, and more. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Each year, singers also have the opportunity to travel the world, something Ella says has been a mind-blowing experience. And you have performed in pretty cool places, too. I have. I performed in Egypt in June this past summer. I was crazy. <laughs> um, I never would have thought two years ago, three years ago, even like a year ago, a year and a half ago, that I would be singing in Egypt in front of so many people, hundreds and hundreds of people who love us. Like, they see us as American celebrities. It's wild. Like, <laughs> and it's just such a different feeling. And when I went there, everyone was so nice. Like, the people in Egypt are just so nice and welcoming. It's the high school gym, right? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> what I love about this 
organization and Uniting Voice, just Voices, and why Uniting Voices. They've traveled the globe, yeah. five continents yeah, with this organization. That experience for kids leaving their own neighborhood, leaving their state, leaving the country. Leaving the country, going to, and when we were in India, oh, we were at the Salam Balak Trust. And these beautiful young boys, yeah, it was. It's an orphanage where, and we sang, "We shall overcome," and they sang it to us. And it was just like the most powerful collaboration. And they started a band after they heard our um, kids sing, and just uh, coming together um, on just common ground and just being able to celebrate. Or going to Spain for the first time and seeing their experiences there being able to sing in their language, our language, and re recognizing that, like, we're not that different, right? We're all, like, we're all human beings trying to do our best yeah. to be our, put our best foot forward in life. How has this changed her and her life? I'm sure you've seen the evolution firsthand over the last three years. Yes, 100%. So part, one of the biggest parts for me, um, you know, Ella is actually biracial, but people don't actually know that by looking at her. And so, um, you know, coming from a town where, you know, people don't really recognize or maybe that's not, it's not as diverse or um, this has been huge for her really discovering her and her own culture and her own background um, and just the diversity of the choir and the acceptance and um, the, you know, all just I mean, all around, I mean, what they're teaching them goes far, far, far beyond music. And for me as a parent, um, to know that I'm putting, you know, my child's mind in their hands, I 110% am so, so thankful for what they are filling her mind with because it aligns exactly with what I believe. Ella says her future, no doubt, will include music in some way, but her experience with UVC has taught her so much more. I think that it is really important. This organization is um, critical for young um, singers and students just in general. Um, we get quality education aside from the um, musicianship that we learn that you can't find anywhere else. I've learned so, so much that doesn't even have to do with music and that shaped me as a person. It makes me a better person and I know so much more than I did three years ago just because of this organization. So this is really um, changing young minds and setting them up for success in their future. And what are your aspirations beyond high school? Do you want to be a singer as a career? I do want to be a singer, um, either a singer or an actress in musical mm -hmm. theater or film. And obviously this has given you a big step up. For sure. Okay. Yeah. And you've made new friends from all over the city? Yes. What, what has that done for you beyond your own high school walls? Yeah. I have met some of my best friends here, um, and I get to know so much about what it's like living in the city now. I do come to the city a lot, so I like to say I know a lot about the city, um, but I see a different perspective of what it's like to go to school here and come to this organization, and it's really interesting, and it's so different than mine, and I see so many different faces and cultures, and every single person is different. Lee says, more than anything, exposing kids to the arts, giving them an outlet, also gives them a sense of belonging and purpose. We're creating a global net network, not only for Chicago, um, but a place where they can come back and recharge, uh, a place where they can meet other alumni and be able to 
expand their network, uh, a place where they can come back and be re-inspired. Uh, and I think that's in, in a family, ultimately. It's about finding a home away from home, finding your joy. And, and often young people, you know, have a hard time fitting in, yeah. right? And this is a community where they can be themselves and not be judged. Yep. And the ultimate goal is to, to create more compassionate, empathetic citizens. For Donna Anello, seeing her daughter find her joy is emotional and she finds it hard to describe. They're just so happy and they're, you know, it's just good vibes, you know, it's just, it's, it's what you wish for. It's what you wish for, for your kids, you know, like they come off and they're energized and they're excited and, oh, didn't, wasn't this great? I'm like, yes, it was great. You know, it was beautiful. And so, yeah, I mean, it is great. And I've seen firsthand the friendships that she has formed and it is, it's, it's really great. It is really something because she sings um, with such passion yeah. and feeling. Um, sometimes I feel like even beyond her years and um, it's touching. It really is. I would say to any other parents who um, have a child that who is interested in music in any way, shape, or form, I mean, there are so many opportunities to start even at a basic level and work your way up. And this organization is literally the cream of the crop. And if you, it's really such a great and safe space for your child to be and grow as um, a, a young musician and just as a person in general. Lee says in the end, the power of music stems from its connection to our personal experience. Their new name, Uniting Voices, reflects the long-term mission to inspire and change lives through the power of music. Making music together is Lee's mission. She shares an aha moment, she recalls, when she realized this was her purpose and her true labor of love. I knew music was my calling um, once I recognized that it was this uh, means of communicating with people on such a deeper level. Uh, being able to transcend boundaries, yeah. uh, being able to connect with people from all over the globe, uh, and just bringing a lot of joy and uh, just a sense of solace and peace. When I realized, and this is a tour that everyone uh, in that uh, era at that time, this was in 2002, we were invited to perform at Carnegie Hall. As the saying goes, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, 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 right? So we had two collab uh, sold out performances with the Chicago Symphony Orchestra for their Young People's Concert. And then we had an additional performance in the evening at Riverside Chapel in Harlem. And everyone was tired, right? We were all just, it was a lot. 120 singers traveled to New York City. This is February of 2002 shortly after 9-11 yeah. and at that concert I remember us we programmed the Ave Maria Bibel we processed in with the South African Socialoza we had the Chichester Psalms and of course music from all over you know the globe and the kids were really tired mm -hmm. Ave Maria was just horribly out of tune <laughs> and the staging as well like you know they, they didn't have enough platforms for all the singers that were there and you know had singers down the aisle and and I was just sitting there going oh my gosh I think I, I think I'm done you know I think I brought them to a, a point where they can just continue to fly and 
I may need to just like exit gracefully. And I, um, I was dating someone in Vienna at the time and I thought, and my parents sadly had passed away the year prior. And I was like, you know, maybe this is my time to leave. You know, I think I'm good. Yeah, yeah. And the piece that was horribly out of tune was the most life-changing moment um, and uh, the Avamir, the chords locked beautifully and as I was looking up on stage at these young, hopeful, beautiful faces, I finally realized what my purpose in life was, is to serve these young people, right? It's not about self and that's where, you know, often with musicians and artists, it's about it's about me and it's about my self-expression, which of course, all valid and true. But ultimately, what is it for? You know, why are we all here uniting our, our voices? You know, it's to create a more harmonious world. And that's when that mission truly rang true for me. Last year, Uniting Voices of Chicago put on 100 performances across its ensembles, including performances by their school programs and international tours. Thanks to Josephine Lee, Judy Hansen, Ella and Donna Anello, and the Uniting Voices of Chicago for their contribution to this month's episode. Tune in in January for another edition of Backstage Chicago. Listen to the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Lisa Fielding. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.